Hello and welcome to the 3H2 Humans Mastermind Symposium of Infinite Possibility Radio Show. Each episode, Lynn and Mustachio will explore continuums of meaning, varied perspectives, and thought seeds to place in the garden of the mind. Who knows what will grow? So sit back, stand up, drive, or jog. Whatever the motion may be, we are here to support each individual's journey to define health, happiness, and a humble perspective during the information era. Enjoy. Greetings! Today is Tuesday, November 8th, 2016, here in the leaf-filled <laughs> Hilliard area of Spokane, Washington. Today is Election Day, and the day the world is prophesized to end. <laughs> we at 3H2 Humans are optimistic the political madness, which is currently underway, will result in paradigm shifts. Rather than focus on the chit-chat and the he said, she said, and all that nonsense, the bigger picture reveals something needs to change. The political system in the United States has been broken for quite some time, and the exposure of this last election amplifies the concerns we as citizens have had for decades. This may be the event to burst the bubble. The writers of the Constitution commented, there needs to be a revolution every 200 years. It's a cycle of humanity where people are well-intended and over time, laws and rules adapt more slowly than society and culture. And that's what we're faced with today, is laws and rules do not currently mix with our society and culture. When this happens, paradigms shift. Big changes occur. Mustachio and I are optimistic that on November 9th, the political climate will be improved regardless of who wins the election because it's a giant push towards a paradigm shift. And we've talked on previous episodes about the paradigms we would like to contribute to shifting and the political system was not included, yet it is one that I have put my foot in. I communicated with a local representative here in Spokane and talked about that interaction on the episode about customer service. The political leader I spoke with pushed me aside and her slogan was integrating businesses and community. And my inquiry was about Avista Utilities and how that affects the community. But that didn't appear to be in her wheelhouse. <laughs> so that was quite an interesting ride. And uh, check that out. That is on the episode Customer Service. And Mustachio reminds me, our numbers for past episodes are very low. <laughs> like really low. <laughs> like single digits low. <laughs> so if there are new listeners, check out some of the past episodes. There are some beautiful thought seeds waiting to be planted. Today's episode, season two, episode five, is a 10 list for 3H2 humans jargon. In other words, vocabulary and words we use here on the podcast. 
One of the most common comments we receive deals with a lack of understanding towards the words that we use. We talk about conscious communication, and that's a foundation of conscious communication is understanding what the person who's speaking definition is of a word, not the listener. We've covered this in past episodes where different academic disciplines use the same word, but to mean something different. This is a trait of the English language. For example, the word sail. When I say sail, some people will think of a sail on a sailboat and some people will think of a merchandise sail. The words we go over today have some of those similar properties where they may be interpreted in more ways than one. To decrease ambiguity, <laughs> we have stuck with our definitions of these words. And some of them are compound words and were difficult to look up. There isn't as much exposure in mass media as I thought when I began this project. Keep this in mind. These are our definitions. If there are folks out there who have a different definition of these words, we are interested in varied opinions on these words and anything else that comes up in the show. Please send an email to 3h2spokane at gmail.com. <laughs> and we are not on social media. No social media. A person could say we are a game changer because we do not use social media. Email is the best form of communication for us. Before I dive into the episode, I would like to announce the 3H2 Humans Pliny Party date has been set. The party will be at Auntie's Bookstore here in downtown Spokane on December 10th. It's a Saturday and it'll probably start around six o'clock. The reason why it's called a Pliny Party <laughs> is because we will be raffling bottles of Russian Rivers Pliny the Elder. It is a tasty beer. I am a beer connoisseur. And when I go on road trips, I like to visit different breweries. While in the California Bay Area, I visited Russian River and picked up some Pliny. <laughs> and I do like how this beer is spectacular in many ways. It's brewed in small batches. It's a double IPA. The flavor is crisp and unique. The name Pliny the Elder refers to a philosopher. The beer fits in with this show on many layers. And there are many other beer connoisseurs here in Spokane. Pliny the Elder is difficult to get up here in the north, <laughs> beyond the wall. <laughs> This will be the first 3H2 public party. It will be catered, so we will need to limit it to 50 people. We're gonna start pretty small and learn and grow through this experience. If anyone is interested in attending the party or donating an item to the raffle or promoting a business at the party, we will have other businesses there because that's the community part of 3H2 Humans, is getting business owners together and community leaders, other 3H2 humans, people who think about health, happiness, and a humble perspective. This is the crowd. <laughs> a 
little quirky, but fun and well-intended. So that is the 3H2Humans Pliny Party, December 10th at Auntie's Bookstore. I have not set up anything on the website yet. I'm not quite sure how that's going to go or how the ticketing is going to go. There's Mary... <laughs> There's many unknown variables right now. A variable I do know is that an effective way to communicate to us is through email. So go ahead and reserve a spot today. All right, <laughs> Mustachio's giving me the sign to move along. <laughs> the format of the show follows the show notes. The show notes are a condensed version. <laughs> it's a condensed version of the topics discussed. The sections for today are the listener challenge, give what is desired. The 10 list, 3H2Humans jargon. Number one, 3H2Humans. Number two, pink zone communication. Number three, yellow zone communication. Number four, layers of consciousness. Number five, self-actualization. Number six, individual perspective. Number seven, shared understanding. Number eight, critical thought. Number nine, conscious communication, and number 10, cognitive discovery game. I am currently in book mode, <laughs> working on the Pish Posh Words book. It has been finished and is in the final editing stages. And many of these concepts are also in the book. So I double dipped. I wrote for the show and the book. Today's sections will be mostly reading as opposed to monologue. In the past, it's the opposite. I do less writing, especially in earlier episodes. When I first began recording, I only had keywords. And that's another reason why we recommend going to past episodes. Use critical thought. Think, how was the show and how is the show now? Has it improved or are the changes hindering? the communication level. For the five lists for today, we have a five list of podcasters catching themselves with you. So these are podcasters or people on podcasts who catch themselves misusing you. The whole you thing is a core fundamental principle of 3H2Humans. It's uh, <laughs> kind of the panacea for mind and body, a proper use of you, it's strange. These people are operating at a level of heightened self-awareness. During the majority of the show, they misuse you and say, when you have this experience, you feel this way. And that's not true. Not every person who had that experience is gonna feel the same. In the contrary, Neuronal connections in each human are unique. We talk about infinite possibilities, but ugh, that, that's really close to impossible for two people to view a situation the same when the molecular level of brain processing is looked at. For this, we set up a beginning of the audio, a transition point, and an end. So these are the podcasts, and these are the podcasts I'm listening to now. I'm working on some other projects, and I listen to podcasts in the background, and I just caught these and hand wrote them down. I'm extremely primitive. 
So these are shows I am currently listening to. Number one, The Tao of Comedy with Kelly McLean and Cheryl Bayer. Number two, The Tim Ferriss Show with The Tim Ferriss. Number three, Third Eye Drops with Michael Phillip and Tubden Jordan. Number four, The Astral Hustle with Corey Allen and Hamilton Souther. Number five, Star Talk Radio with Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye. The next five list is a five list for cable TV. I talk about streaming a lot. I now am living in a new place <laughs> that has cable. And I have been opened up to a new world of television entertainment. These are the five cable TV shows I am currently watching. Number one, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Number two, Superstore. Number three, Jeopardy. Number four, Major League Baseball. And number five, Mr. Robot. For the announcements, 3H2 Humans Planning Party, December 10th, 2016 at Auntie's Bookstore. Apply for a 90-day internship. 3H2 Humans on the podcast review show, censored by iTunes, The Game Changer Podcast, and StarTalk Radio. Michelle Dutro, Yellow Zone email. Leave a 3x3 review. And local artist Cassie at Mosaic Salon. Woo! <laughs> we have a lot to cover today. And on a side note, the shows as it goes now go by this format. There will be a listener challenge, and this is for the listener to do. It's a challenge for the listener. So somebody listening to it listens to what the challenge is and then applies it to their life for a week. They're set up in weekly chunks. And I found this works for me. Throughout my life, I experiment. One of them was no makeup for a week. And this was back when I wore makeup every day. And there was a party, uh, a gathering, and I thought, oh my goodness, this is my no makeup week? I'm gonna go to a party with no makeup? Part of me didn't even wanna go. And I really thought about it. I thought, okay, I would rather sit at home by myself than go to a party without makeup on? That's kind of stupid. <laughs> I said, fuck it. And I went to the party and I had a great time. It was almost better because I wasn't thinking about, oh, did my mascara smear? Oh gosh, it's been an hour and I'm sweaty. I need to wipe under my eyes and, and things like that. That's what these listener challenges hope to do is to offer a new perspective. We talk about how these listener challenges aren't good or bad or right or wrong. They're new thought seats, ways to look at the world. And because I did no makeup for a week, that doesn't mean that I'm never going to wear it again or that I will continue to always wear it. It simply means for that one week, I'm going to remove or add a behavior. That's what the listener challenges are, removing or adding a behavior for a week. Then there is a 10 list. This is kind of the meat and potatoes of the show. And we do 10 lists to keep us focused. I've heard <laughs> so many podcasts, they'll say, I'm gonna tell you how you can be a great marketer. And it's like 20 minutes long and the person just tells stories. 
and there's no actionable items or a cohesive thought process. It's just somebody gossiping about what somebody else said or what they read in a thing or how you need to do this. It's, it's crap. <laughs> and it's frustrating because I believe these people have something wonderful to say. I believe if they were able to use a little bit more discipline and allocate more time to content and less time to social media, then their shows would dramatically improve and I would get more thought seeds. I feel like gossip and stories and all that stuff, it doesn't give me thought seeds. They're, uh, oh my gosh, Mustachio, that's beautiful. <laughs> They're member berries. <laughs> Anyone uh, who watches South Park uh, right now, oh, oh, we do love South Park around here. Um, on the show right now, there's a thing called member berries where people eat them and they go, remember, remember when this happened? Remember when that happened? And they're stuck in the past. It's a beautiful metaphor for what's going on right now with leaders and speakers. It's just a bunch of member berries. Member berries don't offer thought seeds. It's already something that grew and is of the past. And imagine that, a thought seed is like an oak tree. Plant it in the ground, give it nurturing and wait. And in a year, it will have sprouted. And then from there, it will be a sapling. And then it will grow into a mighty oak. Member berries, what happens when they're planted? Nothing, because it's crap. <laughs> So we do encourage other podcasters and speakers to go with the 10 list format. Also for us, if we have 20 ideas about a topic or three ideas about a topic, it pushes us to either expand what we want to talk about or condense what it is we're talking about. That's why a 10 list is effective. It's like planting a row of seeds. That's what a 10 list is, planting a row of seeds to grow vegetables. And I garden, I just got a bunch of rotten fruit and threw it in the ground without any seeds, not a whole lot would take place. That's the member berries. <laughs> 10 list and concise information is with conscious awareness, planting each seed. That's critical thought, planting each seed. It's not grabbing a bunch of garbage and throwing it in the ground, hoping for a miracle. Okay, <laughs> that's uh, my thoughts on 10 lists. And then following the 10 list, there are two five lists. These are cultural items and the masterminding part of what we do. Many of the five lists tie into topics that we're either discussing on the days show or past ones and even future ones. Sometimes these five lists provide thought seeds for the future. I enjoy being exposed to mentortainment. And what I mean by mentortainment is something that's interesting and educational where I can watch it and relax and unwind and just be as well as satisfy my need for self-improvement. So I'm relaxing and improving. And these five lists 
will hopefully help others to relax and improve. (laughs) And many of these recommendations are from other people recommending it to me. So I am paying it forward. I'm continuing that positive cycle for whomever put the time and effort into the show or the music or the movie or the podcast, whatever it may be, we want to offer extended exposure for these items. So that's what it is. It's a masterminding extended exposure type of sandbox of fun. (laughs) And at the end are announcements. (sighs) There's so many stories I'd like to tell, but because I've disciplined myself and I have show notes and I have objectives, I need to select with conscious awareness which little tidbits of my life I would like to speak about. And those tend to go into announcements. Okay, so that is the format of the show. A listener challenge, a 10 list, two five lists, and announcements. And if there's a section that seems particularly interesting, skip ahead. Go straight to it. Um, That's a beautiful thing about podcasts. They are on demand. And we, as listeners, get to dictate when we want to listen to it. So feel free to listen to the show in the best way that works on an individual basis. I I have spoke to a few people who say, oh, the show's so long, I sat down and I just couldn't listen to the whole thing. I say like, yeah, well, I wouldn't want to do that either. I don't just sit down and stare at the screen. I do the dishes or go for a jog organize a bookshelf, I do laundry, I am active while I listen. And sometimes it's for 20 minutes and sometimes it's for 10 hours. And that's what I love about podcasts. I get to choose what I wanna listen to, when I wanna listen to it and how I wanna do it. (laughs) And each person is different. There are some people who really enjoy sitting down and taking notes Um, I have done that. There have been some shows that were so captivating. I wanted to write it down and explore. Podcasts are a new frontier. Explore. Okay, so let's, uh, (laughs) after a little monologue, getting the, the wiggles out. And we shall dive in to the first item on the list. Today's listener challenge is give what is desired. It is listener challenge number 19. The listener challenges are intended to be focused on for one week at a time. So for this week, focus on giving what is desired. So whatever is wanted, give that to other people and watch the magic unfold. Give a gift which is desired. For example, if a podcaster desires a 3 by 3 review in iTunes, they would first give other podcasters a 3 by 3 review before expecting to receive one themselves. Essentially, the podcaster is requesting others to act and be diligent with their time. If this is the case, is the person requesting the action diligent with their time as well? To give what is desired is to practice what is preached. When put into action, 
This perspective can produce profound learning experiences. Viewing a desire from the give perspective rather than the take will offer new insights into how a system operates. View a desire from both sides of the coin. Give that which is desired. And the example is based off of my life. (laughs) I do incorporate this into my daily being and for the reviews. I had hoped for others to give me a three by three review. And in order to fully understand that desire, I gave others a three by three review. (laughs) Come to find out, (laughs) not very many people are as jazzed up by three by three reviews as I am. And uh, Mustachio says to clarify what that means. So that's a review which gives three doing wells and three areas for improvement. I feel this is a well-rounded approach to reviews because many are one end or the other, only negative or only positive. Most situations in life benefit from both negative and positive attributes of a situation. This helps us humans to fully grasp a bigger picture of something. And doing this exercise, give what is desired. Explore negatives and positives of behavior as they're viewed through the self and others. Another example is I wanted to wake up in the morning and have the kitchen cleaned. So before I ask my main companion, to do the dishes and clean the kitchen in the morning, I first did that. I did that for a week. I diligently cleaned the kitchen and gave him what I wanted. And this put me in a better position to request a clean kitchen in the morning because I practiced what I preached. What I asked someone else to do for me is something I am willing to do for them. That's what gived what is desired is all about. It's centered around practicing what is preached. And that is the listener challenge for today. Give what is desired. Number 19. I have had difficulties explaining what 3H2 humans is. And I admit this. And uh, (laughs) speaking with a mentor, after he read what I'm about to read, he said, delete the crap you have on your website now and put this up. that's a mentor. That's someone who's going to give it to me straight and help me improve. Uh, Because if he were silent, then I may not change it at all. But he was honest and direct and concise. And I will change uh, the about page to have this information instead of the goofy equation that was there before. 3H2 humans. Definition. 3H2 humans is a mindset which offers conscious awareness towards health, happiness, and the humble perspective. A 3H2 human explores varied vantage points of reality through critical thought, considers conscious communication, and is diligent today for a thriving community tomorrow. The name 3H2 humans is shorthand for hungry horse humans with health, happiness, and a humble perspective. The name Hungry Horse represents a small town in rural Montana, a few miles from Glacier National Park. I visited Hungry Horse in 2011 on a spontaneous road trip. A few weeks prior, I was gifted a tiny horse figurine with the words Hungry Horse Dam 
etched into the base of the 1960s gift shop trinket. Feeling a bit adventurous, I vowed to visit Hungry Horse Dam wherever it may be. A few weeks later, I did. The trip was transformative. Many new experiences were gained while on adventure to return the trinket home to Hungry Horse Gift Shop. I primitive camped for the first time, slept in my car, and allowed for time to slow down as I enjoyed long days on the road with a destination unknown. Of the lessons learned, the most valuable insight gained was how to be human. How to live in a present moment reality which is in harmony with other creatures great and small. A few weeks after I returned from the synchronistic trip, I dusted off a failed business venture and named it Hungry Horse Humans. I felt rejuvenated and wanted to integrate the same levels of clarity into my pre-existing life. The main question became, how can I be as peaceful as I was in Hungry Horse, but on a daily basis? The answer, give conscious attention to my own health, happiness, and humble perspective. After hundreds of prior answers were explored, these three words continued to surface as self-actualization was pursued. Health, happiness, humble. Health, happiness, humble. Years later, hungry horse humans who seek conscious awareness of health, happiness, and a humble perspective became the business slogan. All that is quite a mouthful. Consequently, this long-winded concept was shortened to 3H2 Humans. 3H2 Humans has become an organization with focus on individual optimization of health, happiness, and a humble perspective with consideration of the current tech revolution underway. Information is abundant. We offer thought seeds to expedite learning throughout the journey of life. Through conscious communication, our message is broadcast on an international level. We offer a podcast in iTunes, which is in its second season. Learn with us as we navigate rapidly changing areas of modern technology related to entrepreneurship and overall wellness of mind and body. In addition to the podcast, 3H2 offers speaker analysis for businesses tasked to hire a speaker, as well as individuals who desire improved communication. Contract 3H2 to offer a third-party perspective into a speaker's ability to communicate a message. In addition to speaker analysis, we offer a cognitive discovery game, mystery mindseed posters, and a bi-monthly 3H2 box of goodies. Visit the online store to see what is new this month as items in the store are frequently updated. Okay, so that is the new... <laughs> the version 5.3 of 3H2 Humans. Next is pink zone communication. So number two, pink zone communication. 3H2 Humans definition. Mindset where a shared understanding is reached. An object or concept is mutually ingestible. All parties grasp each other's unique perspective and conscious effort is awarded towards articulation of words. Thought processes are often conscious, logical, genuine, objective, and soul-based. Pink zone tangibility is achieved when thoughts become a thing on a piece of paper or other material object. Example, 
Yellow zone communication. Reading is good. Pink zone communication. Reading exposes a mind to new perspectives. An opinion is more effective when a perspective is accompanied by a graspable reason behind the opinion. For example, reading is good equals yellow zone. This statement is too vague to produce a tangible shared understanding with others. Good leaves a need to plug in assumptions as specific information is missing. Why is it good? Expand further when relaying information as to remove assumption-based pish-posh words such as good. Reading exposes a mind to new perspectives is an example of pink zone communication. The subject of reading is accompanied by pertinent detail. The statement offers concise and digestible content which a third party can ingest. A need to guess why the opinion is held is not necessary. Both parties are able to ingest shared stimuli when pertinent detail is offered. If pink zone communication is desired, examine the 20 pish-posh words offered through 3H2Humans. Close attention to these words will increase logic of a speaker. The reason? Logical speakers form words from a conscious process, whereas illogical speakers form words from a subconscious process. To test logic, pose the question, can a third party ingest the message relayed? With practice, articulation of words can lift from a subconscious process to conscious awareness. When words are consciously formulated, time and effort are saved. For example, to comment the temperature outside is 45 degrees is to be objective and use pink zone communication. This response can be understood by others who lack specific background knowledge of the topic discussed. In contrast, to comment the temperature outside is cold is to be subjective and use yellow zone communication. The term cold varies from person to person and is not easily understood by an outside party. Compare and contrast aspects of objective and subjective speech. Explore pink zone communication. Okay, that's number two, pink zone communication. Number three, yellow zone communication. 3H2 humans definition. Mindset where a shared understanding is replaced with a varied idea of truth. Investigation of an object or concept is blocked by a snow globe reality. All parties do not grasp each other's unique perspective. A subconscious process is used to articulate words. Thought processes are often subconscious, emotional, deceptive, subjective, and ego-based. Yellow zone communication is obscure and lacks group tangibility. Example, yellow zone. That thing over there is neat. Pink zone. The air cleaner in this room filters air. To clarify, pink zone communication represents a shared understanding. This means an object or concept is mutually ingestible for all involved. The air cleaner in this room filters air is a pink zone statement because the speaker and listener's brains are cued with specific details. A subject and action are explained. In contrast, yellow zone communication represents a varied idea of truth between two or more people. 
In other words, there is an ambiguous understanding of the subject discussed. A picture visualized in the mind will vary depending on the perspective of who processes the vague description. That thing over there is neat is considered yellow zone communication because a listener requires additional information in order to gain a shared understanding of the subject discussed. A conversation has potential to shift from yellow zone to pink zone when conscious effort is awarded towards articulation of word. If speech and thoughts do not match, slow down a discussion and ask questions, investigate. Is the topic one where subjects are measured with a similar mindset? Essentially, effort put forth through yellow zone vocabulary may produce undesirable results when optimized communication is considered. The reason? Humans can talk for hours and produce only a few mutually ingestible statements between them. Within a yellow zone conversation, a listener and speaker do not hold a shared understanding of content. Thus, resolution becomes a challenge. A person who is distracted or lacks present moment awareness speaks from a place of subconscious processing. This means words are formulated through an autopilot mindset. Similar to a daze, words spoke via subconscious processing create a yellow zone disconnect. The speaker and listener lack a mutual understanding. When there is a lack of mutual understanding, a deep connection becomes difficult. If comments are vague or lack an example, a person's ability to ingest information within a conversation decreases. When mindsets become caught within yellow zone communication, a listener does not understand the speaker. Likely, the listener's mind is stuck on a specific detail or question towards clarification. Current processing is halted as the listener's mindset is locked on a past concept relayed. Emotions and assumptions tend to creep into a conversation when a person is posed with unexpected questions. Questions which challenge assumptions and require abstract thought are uncomfortable for many people. Be mindful of this inherent human trait. Learn behavior cues which arise during uncomfortable situations. Comfort is key when exploration of the unknown takes place. Conversations within the yellow zone are often triggered through discomfort. A person becomes defensive as opposed to inquisitive when pushed beyond their perceived limits. If this pattern of defensive and negative speech is recognized, slow down the conversation and clarify what is under discussion. Humans tend to mimic other humans. In a conversation, take the high ground. Lead a conversation with compassion. Lead a conversation towards pink zone communication. As discussed in earlier 3H2 episodes, each human possesses a unique brain fingerprint. In other words, each human brain is constructed with varied neuronal patterns throughout their life. Be mindful of this human trait. Ingest ideas from others through their own unique brain fingerprint first before reflecting on a personal application of the subject at hand. Use intelligence when information transfer takes place. If unsure of an answer, conduct research, consult a friend, or escalate the issue to a mentor. To respond, I don't have an answer, 
or ignoring a question will further complicate an issue. Give others the benefit of doubt. Oftentimes a stranger is more knowledgeable than oneself. Gauge a listener's knowledge base before taking the lead in a conversation. Treat others with respect. Know which way to lead before investing time in a particular direction. Speak with compassion and utilize pink zone communication tactics. Some yellow zone communication examples include personal opinions which are unrelated to an inquiry, redundant explanations and words intended to deflect from the subject, Tap into a moral code. How would these tactics feel on the receiving end? Follow the golden rule and treat others as though actions were directed towards oneself. Be concise and digestible with a point. Be a conscious communicator. Okay, that's number three, yellow zone communication. Next is number four. Layers of consciousness. 3H2 Human's Definition Consciousness can be described in three layers. The three layers are subconscious processing, conscious awareness, and universal consciousness. If something is alive, it is included in earthly consciousness and will likely experience a varied degree of exposure to these layers of being. Subconscious Processing Subconscious processing is the lowest level of consciousness. Similar to a foundation for a house, this layer provides foundational support to organisms. For animals, subconscious processing is a key component of primal urges. For humans, it is here, in subconscious processing, where reality is created. Stigmas, stereotypes, habits, dogmas, and other automatic responses occur here. This level is often below conscious awareness. Examples of subconscious processing include to walk, word formulation, food habits, subconscious communication, yellow zone actions, and ego-based emotions. Conscious awareness is the middle layer of consciousness. In this layer of being, day-to-day activities occur with awareness. Those who operate from a state of conscious awareness exist in the present moment where a shared understanding is viable. A human will bounce back and forth between conscious awareness and subconscious processing throughout the day. Shifts in mindset are an indication of a person's current mental capacity. Be mindful of one's own level of processing as well. Examples of conscious awareness include to play sports, conscious word formulation, healthy food choices, conscious communication, pink zone actions, and soul-based emotions. Universal consciousness is the top layer of consciousness. This layer of being is where intuition and non-local communication take place. An agreed foundation of truth with self and others is established as ancient wisdom is received. Mounting in complexity, a mindset of universal consciousness is far less common than the other two layers of being. Basic need fulfillment for mind and body are qualifying factors for this mindset. Rapid, profound insights, mystical experiences, the sixth sense, and above normal cognitive function occur here. Examples of universal consciousness include professional athletes, accurate word formulation, 
rejuvenating food choices, profound conscious communication, pink zone actions, and divinity-based emotions. The third eye outlet metaphor to follow offers a visual picture of energy capabilities held within the sixth sense. Human use of the sixth sense is heightened when a mindset is within a universal consciousness state of being. The sixth sense refers to a human ability to sense the unseen through intuition. Non-local communication and gut feeling are heavy influencers when this form of human stimuli interpretation is explored. Next, imagine the concept of a third eye. The third eye refers to a gateway to the sixth sense through consciousness. Now, imagine a common household electrical outlet. The outlet represents universal consciousness. The outlet provides electricity to a plug as universal consciousness provides ancient wisdom to humans. Imagine the top outlet to represent mind and bottom outlet as body. In order to receive electricity or thoughts from universal consciousness, needs of both outlets or both mind and body must first be fulfilled. Imagine the third eye once more, but this time as a giant plug with two heads. In order to transfer electricity to the plug or wisdom to the human, access and use of both outlets are needed. Thus, in order to plug into universal consciousness through the third eye, basic needs for mind and body must first be met. Okay, that's layers of consciousness. And when people ask me what is consciousness, I believe it consists of three distinct layers. And consciousness as itself is a state of energy. The third eye outlet <laughs> metaphor is a little choppy. <laughs> Mustachio's got his head down. <laughs> and we are sampling with metaphors. So uh, yeah, be patient with us and give us feedback on if these metaphors are ingestible or if they're a bit yellow zone and too ambiguous to fully grasp. Number five, self-actualization. Dictionary definition, the realization or fulfillment of one's talents and potentialities, especially considered as a drive or need present in everyone. 3H2Human's definition, self-actualization is a term used in Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The core idea behind self-actualization deals with basic needs of humans. When a person's foundational needs such as food, shelter, water, comfort, and security are met, the person is more likely to pursue passions and find purpose in life. Many perspectives expressed through 3H2Humans are done so through a lens of self-actualization. While exploring life through this lens, a question of how to test a self-actualized mindset arose. The answer, you. The use of you offers a real-time test for self-awareness. If a person misuses the word you in place of I, they are functioning from a decreased cognitive state and are likely not self-actualized. Example, when you have a business, you have to be on Twitter in order to build an audience. 
This statement is logically false, as many people have created a following without the use of Twitter. The speaker is forcing their own individual perspective on the listener by falsely using you. Self-actualized people formulate words with conscious awareness. If the speaker mentioned above was self-actualized, the sentiment would be worded as follows. Twitter has helped my business build an audience. This statement is from the speaker's perspective as my is used to describe a personal situation. The first example uses the word you in place of I. When you is misused, the speaker is often mentally unaware of their behavior. Self-actualizers are aware of their own behavior and give attention to how that behavior is ingested through other people's subconscious filters. Conscious communicators and those with a self-actualized mindset use the word you to mean the person they are speaking with. Subconscious communicators and those who are not functioning within a self-actualized mindset use you as a synonym for I. Think about it. Is a concept of I the same as you? Are these words interchangeable? If a speaker swaps you for I within a dialogue, approach with caution as the person is formulating words from an automatic process as opposed to with logic. Additionally, a speaker who misuses you is priming the listener to agree with them. Statements such as, when you interview others, you are happy. <laughs> and you get tired when you walk upstairs. Plant an image of the listener feeling the same as the speaker. Often, this assumption of universal similarity is false. Rarely will a listener and speaker interpret a situation as identical. Be mindful of individual perspectives. If a person claims to be self-actualized, administer a simple test. Question, in what context does the person use you? Do they regurgitate statements such as, when your life is in chaos, you should stop wasting time on social media? Those who are self-actualized tend to speak 30% and listen 70%. Self-actualized individuals give conscious attention to the present moment as they formulate words with conscious awareness. Occupation fulfillment is also a characteristic of self-actualized humans. Through habit and persistence, they allow monetary gains to align with ethics and morals. Another trait of self-actualizers is a natural habit to practice what is preached. They are true to their character regardless of who is around and hold themselves accountable for actions. Compassion is expressed towards all creatures on earth as a bond is formed through universal consciousness. Lastly, they tend to think in terms of infinite possibility and welcome change as well as feedback. Regardless of what others do or say, they believe each human holds a right to freedom of speech. All right, that's number five, self-actualization. I have a psychology BS, <laughs> bachelor's of science or bullshit degree with a minor in criminal justice from Washington State University. And it was at Washington State University, go kooks, <laughs> that I first ingested Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it's funny, uh, 
A mentor had commented, once I did stumble upon it, how excited I was and how he wasn't. (laughs) It didn't resonate with him, but it did resonate with me deeply. And I've come across this before and I think I wasn't ready for it. Self-actualization is a complicated concept. Hopefully we broke it down today. Next up is number six, individual perspective. 3H2 definition. A viewpoint of reality expressed through a unique mental process. Neuronal connections which create an individual perspective are ever-changing within a present moment reality. Though a perspective may seem similar or shared on the surface, deeper layers of a varied mental process exist among individuals. What is an individual perspective? Are people entitled to have their own unique ideas, thoughts, and challenges? Listeners benefit from a full examination of a speaker as they are within a present moment shared reality. In order to accomplish a shared reality, first view the world through the eyes of the individual. Ingest multiple bits of information before a solid conclusion is reached with regard to a person's intent or character. A misconception towards ingestion of another's individual perspective deals with a perceived need to validate through a backstory. A listener does not need to know a speaker's backstory in order to understand a statement from them. Backstories, university degrees, and designations such as bestseller are forms of external validation. Approach with caution if a speaker measures themselves or others through this flawed form of validation. External validation can be misleading and hinder an ability to ingest a speaker's individual perspective. The reason? Validation is presented from the past and comes from an external, often ambiguous measure rather than validation from within. While in pursuit of grasping how a person lives today, focus on their actions of today as opposed to actions of the past. To consider specifics of behavior from 10 years ago is to remove a person from who they are today. Imagine leaps of personal growth and life experiences which have occurred over the last 10 years. Several years of experiences are ignored when a backstory from the past is presented. Has the speaker lived a dull life and is unable to comment on forms of validation related to a present moment? Create internal validation through conscious communication when gauging validity of a speaker. Both speakers and listeners benefit when the past is left in the past. If there is a desire to gain insights into a person's individual perspective, learn who they truly are. View speakers as they are today. People are not moods or mindsets as a constant, but rather humans experience emotions in a fleeting fashion. When statements are viewed from others through internal validation, devoid of judgment, ability to ingest a new perspective becomes possible. Another way to enter a speaker's individual perspective is to give them the benefit of doubt. This is especially important when a new or unfamiliar concept is relayed. Explore a present moment reality with the speaker and allow the past to gently drift out of the picture. An individual perspective held today is difficult to understand 
if thoughts are locked in the past. Let go of then in order to ingest now. The following is a Spokane and Fort Collins brain fingerprint metaphor. This example is used to offer a mental image of the brain when viewed on a micro and macro level. The neuronal layout of a brain is similar to the layout of a city. Depending on the vantage point, two cities or two people can be viewed as the same or vastly different. Imagine two cities, Spokane, Washington and Fort Collins, Colorado. From a bigger picture view, these cities may appear to be quite similar. They both experience four seasons, are in the western part of the United States, and have grown over the last few years. In contrast, when viewed on a smaller scale, unique attributes of the cities are witnessed. When compared, the street layout, culture, and daily life of residents is vastly different. Humans follow the same pattern. When viewed from afar, two people may appear to be the same. Upon closer inspection, deeper layers of differences are realized. Human brains, like a city, have an appearance of being the same, yet produce varied results upon closer investigation. Be mindful of this phenomenon and allow others to be their own city. Allow others to express their individual perspective freely. That was number six, individual perspective. Number seven, shared understanding. This one goes with individual perspective and listen for crosses over between individual perspective and shared understanding. 3H2Human's definition. A state of mind where two or more people measure and accept something as similar. There is an agreement towards meaning, whereas application of meaning may remain under dispute. Be conscious to remove assumptions when a shared understanding is desired. One size does not fit all when addressing human perspectives. Inquire with, tell me more, when vague descriptions surface within a conversation. It's okay to agree to disagree. First, agree on the subject at hand. Then, move forward with action. Treat each person as an individual with an individual thought process. Those who desire optimized communication tend to speak from a tell-me-more perspective. This mindset welcomes a speaker to remain focused on their current path of thinking. Additionally, it allows humans to expand further without micromanaging effects of specific questions. In the end, both parties will benefit when tell-me-more is present within a conversation. Tell-me-more <laughs> encourages people to reach a shared understanding and explore each other through pink zone communication. There appears to be a need to understand oneself before sight into others may begin. Reflection right. Introspect life situations on a regular basis. Once accuracy to assess one's own behavior is achieved, a skill to reach a shared understanding with others will begin to surface naturally. In addition to reflection writing, a humble perspective will assist with achieving a shared perspective with others. Identify and recognize similarities between humans and become inquisitive towards differences. When confusion enters the mind, slow down thoughts. Inhale a deep breath and request 
Tell me more. That's number seven, shared understanding, which is oddly more difficult to achieve than I first anticipated when on this journey in life. Uh, So give conscious awareness to what a shared understanding is and if there's a desire to reach a shared understanding with others. Number eight, critical thought. 3H2 human's definition, a three-step mental process to include ingest, reflect, and modify. Ingest stimuli for what it is, reflect on a personal application, and then modify content to fit one's own idea of truth. An ability to apply critical thought is heightened when information is first ingested before modification takes place. When something is first viewed as is, devoid of personal emotions and stigmas, access to infinite knowledge becomes possible. Before rejecting something as false, first view it as it is presented. Be mindful of a necessary order within stages of critical thought. Once a new idea is ingested as is, and foundational components are understood, it's time to reflect. As implied, Reflection deals with an internalization of how a new idea fits in with an individual's unique mental process. This is the stage where stigmas, stereotypes, and known truths are mixed in with the original concept and a new idea is formed. Once ingestion and reflection have taken place, the final stage of critical thought deals with modification of a new idea. Modification is the result of ingesting a new perspective and reflecting on its potential for personal application. This is the optimal time to designate categories such as true and false. To apply critical thought is to accept or reject a concept after the first two stages are complete. The brain-muscle metaphor to follow offers a material world perspective of similarities between the brain, and other muscles in the human body. Muscles become optimized through body movement, such as exercise and weight training. With effort and time, a weak muscle becomes strong. Positive habits are developed as mind and body have created a new reality. A reality of physical strength and fitness is enjoyed. The brain follows the same pattern of effort and time equals results. Through critical thought, each human receives a brain workout. Imagine each challenge faced in daily life as equal to one rep of movement in the gym. When a challenge or rep is completed, a mindset or muscle becomes stronger. Each mental challenge confronted within a pink zone reality equals one rep towards improvement of critical thinking abilities. When workouts are approached as a daily habit, A human can develop strength where there was once weakness. This is number eight, critical thought. It is explained in many different ways by many different people, and this is our definition. Critical thought is the process of ingesting something as it is reflecting on a personal application of whatever that is, and then modifying it to fit one's own idea of truth. Critical thought number eight. Number nine, conscious communication. 3H2 definition. Language nuances examined from a neurological perspective. 
neuronal connections, nutrition, body language, mindset, and other vantage points are considered when conscious communication is explored. Spelling and technical aspects of communication are put aside as intent and understanding become a point of focus. There are many categories of communication. Conscious communication is a communication style with focus on establishing a shared understanding with others. Typical communication focuses on grammar, spelling, and technical aspects of word formulation. There is also marketing-centered communication, persuasion, and several other areas of potential focus in language. When communicating with others, be conscious of present moment stimuli. If in person, focus on objects in the room or anticipated areas of business to cover. Minimize stories from the past. Use stories within 30 days. Humans change rapidly. Relay ideas from a present moment mindset to increase present moment language. To relay a story from several years ago gives an appearance of few events in between worth speaking about. Practice what is preached. Be in the present moment with others when there is a desire for others to be in the present moment with oneself. Regardless of perceived relevance, answer all questions asked by a person. If unable to answer, acknowledge the inquiry and either ask for more information or escalate when needed. To ignore a question is to further complicate a situation for all parties involved. On a subconscious level, mental capabilities are hindered by pending and unresolved issues. Resolve issues. Be proactive. A proactive approach to life is a key element of conscious communication. Proactive people tend to recognize less energy is required to answer a question thoroughly the first time as opposed to repeated inquiries. Preventative maintenance is beneficial throughout life and within communication. Imagine conscious communication as a tool used to predict areas which will benefit from preventative maintenance and conscious awareness. Be mindful of self-descriptive words and why they are selected. I, my, we, you, and our are examples of self-descriptive words as they describe the self and others. Keep in mind the intended vantage point when using these words to create a shared perspective. Is a person saying you when they mean I? Is there a clear understanding of who is represented by they and we? To display competence and intelligence is to address issues as they surface. When a question is asked, subconscious processing of the question remains open, waiting for a response. Similar to a computer with several open tabs, a question waiting to process will slow down an ability to move forward with other issues. Allow both parties to move forward. Address questions when asked. Give effort towards conscious communication. Speak in the pink zone. That's number nine, conscious communication. This is another one of the words, a compound word that is not quite in mainstream media yet. It's a, a bit of a wild west. And this is our interpretation of conscious communication. Number 10. Cognitive discovery game. 
here we go. 3H2 Humans Definition Introspective game used to expand vocabulary and critical thinking through randomization of cards paired with a statement or question. Concepts of right and wrong and good and bad are omitted. An action-based perspective is encouraged as new thought seeds are introduced through random card and subject combinations. The following suggestions are guidelines for the cognitive discovery game. First, reach a foundational understanding of a 3H2 human's perspective before experimenting with one's own varied application of this game. Utilize critical thought. Ingest, view the material as is, reflect, add one's own unique perspective, then modify, alter the process through a combination of external and internal thoughts. This game offers a potential for heightened states of consciousness. In order to achieve present moment awareness on this level, silence cell phones and electronic devices. Select a quiet, solitary environment and approach this game with a mindset focused on health, happiness, and a humble perspective. Be mindful of word selection. Remove pish posh words and allow for positive mental shifts to take hold. Step one, prepare. Expand vocabulary and practice introspective techniques with card randomization as a tool. The first step needed in order to ingest the cognitive discovery game is an open mind. Each human is unique with unique neuronal connections and comfort levels. The pace of the game is determined on an individual level. Questions asked may be simple such as what foods to eat, or complex with deep emotions involved. Preferably in a standing position, lay out the following items on a clean, flat surface. Deck of tarot or standard playing cards, 3H2 Humans Cognitive Discovery Definition Cue Cards, note cards, and a writing utensil. If desired, record the sessions for future introspection and keep notes organized. The number of cards pulled and subjects explored will vary. Over time, an ideal setup will be discovered as a time to subject ratio is established. In other words, customize each game depending on how much time is available to spend on this exercise. In a rush and stuck on one problem, pull one card to match a question asked. New neuronal connections can be gained in minutes. Step two, assess amount of time for each game. Is there plenty of time to explore several subjects and questions? Is there an intuitive desire to spring clean the mind and update paradigms of thought? Practice with one of the larger, more in-depth spreads. Establish parameters of time. How much time will be offered to this task? Establish target time frame. Step three, write down questions or subjects. Next, write down a question, thought, or general subject of interest. Offer undivided attention to one subject at a time. Toss around variations of a subject. For example, when is an ideal time to leave my job? What passion can I monetize? And who or what will be an ally on a journey to an enjoyable career? 
are variations of the subject employment. Be specific or as broad as desired. Write down each subject or question on a separate note card. Leave room to write additional information later on the bottom of the card. For now, lay out the subjects with space in between in each note card. Focus on the subjects with a positive mindset. Imagine infinite possibility and prep the mind for critical application through randomization. Step four, match a random card to each subject or question note card. Once the subjects are articulated on paper and laid out on the table, shuffle the cards. Bridge them, grab chunks and shift them around. The how is up to the individual. The only rule when mixing the cards is to keep them face down. The cards work best when they remain a mystery. If a card is seen, place it back into the deck and shuffle a bit more. Allow intuition to guide through the next step. Once a feeling of now strikes the mind, grab the particular card of focus and lay it face down above the handwritten subject card. Continue to shuffle or leave the deck as is. Designate a card to match each thought to be explored. If there are three subjects, pull three cards. Step five, engage in cognitive discovery through introspective randomization. Once setup is complete, flip over and introspect one card at a time. Identify the tarot card or standard playing cards face value. Is the card a six of cups, five of diamonds, Perhaps the fool has been selected. Take a moment to match the first card flipped over with the 3H2 human's corresponding definition as it relates to the subject card. For example, the nine of pentacles is flipped over. This card was next to the subject card, how to find balance in life. Through a few steps, investigate how the subject written down relates to the tarot card. Review the cognitive discovery definition on the 3H2 human's cue card under Nine of Pentacles. Notice there is a key word, comfort, and two thought seeds separated by an R in a circle. The R stands for reversed. Examine the Nine of Pentacles. Is it north-facing or reversed? For standard playing cards, pair the first thought seed with even numbers and the reversed thought seed with odd numbers. If it is a face card, apply both. Is the card upside down? If so, apply the R thought seed. If not, apply the first definition, which follows the keyword comfort. In this example, the card is reversed or upside down when read from first perspective. Hence, the keyword is comfort regardless of direction, with a thought seed of success at what cost. Once the cards are paired, apply critical thought. The handwritten note card reads, how to find balance in life. Explore, how does comfort and success at what cost relate to balance in life? Approach this thought exercise with a lens of infinite possibility. Remove dogmas and encourage the mind to visualize a positive outcome. What is a potential best case scenario? This is where a dictionary will assist with peeling back layers of potential. 
Preferably, thumb through a paperback book rather than a computer as electronic means may bring with it distractions. Refresh the mind. What is the definition of comfort, balance, and any other keyword which is seen or comes to mind? For this example, some corresponding thoughts could potentially be, do I need comfort in order to feel success? Or what areas in my life are a sacrifice as opposed to a compromise? And when was the last time I felt comfort and balance with regard to an ideal model of success? Keep in mind there is no right and wrong, good or bad. Cognitive discovery is about present moment awareness mixed with critical thought. Step six, repeat. Build critical thought into daily life. Repeat this process until all of the handwritten note cards are paired with a tarot or playing card. At the base of the note card, jot down the card selected, its keyword, and a few thoughts about how these pieces come together. Over time, this process will become easier and less confusing. <laughs> Hang in there. Be diligent with actions. All right, so that is the cognitive discovery game. I'll go over the steps again real quick. Okay, for cognitive discovery, step one, prepare. Step two, assess amount of time for each game. Step three, write down questions or subjects. Step four, match a random card to each subject or question note card. Step five, engage in cognitive discovery through introspective randomization. And step six, repeat. Build critical thought into daily life. So uh, the cognitive discovery game is a game that Mustachio and I developed as a means to assist with introspection and expansion of new ideas, expansion of vocabulary, work out that old critical thinking muscle. It has many uses. It is primitive. <laughs> It's uh, not an app or electronic in any way. It can be done in the middle of the woods with no Wi-Fi. And that's probably a great place to do this. The effect of higher consciousness is often heightened when distractions are decreased. All right, and that was the cognitive discovery game. The 10 list for 3H2 humans jargon, number one, 3H2 humans, number two, pink zone communication, number three, yellow zone communication, number four, layers of consciousness, number five, self-actualization, number six, individual perspective, number seven, shared understanding, number eight, critical thought, number nine, conscious communication, and number 10, the cognitive discovery game. Next up is a five list for podcasters catch themselves with you. The five list podcasters catch themselves with you. These are podcasts I'm currently listening to. And while listening, I caught people catching themselves misusing you. This is a rare occurrence, as many speakers do not consciously recognize a misuse of you. 
But these speakers did. They were operating from conscious awareness rather than subconscious processing. And the podcasts are number one, The Tao of Comedy, number two, The Tim Ferriss Show, number three, Third Eye Drops, number four, The Astral Hustle, and number five, Star Talk Radio. Number one, The Tao of Comedy with Kelly McLean and Cheryl Bayer. The episode is from July 12th of this year. There is no number of the podcast, but it is the episode featuring Cheryl Bayer. Begin listening at 21.48. The transition, and what I mean by transition, this is where the person catches themselves, is at 22 minutes. And this section ends at 22.16. So for this episode, begin listening around 21.30. And the statement, you could see, or personally, I could see, when somebody can hear that and be open to it, or they are not in the mindset. And that was Cheryl Bayer. This episode is interesting. They do explore aspects of conscious communication and we're synchronistically speaking about mindsets during this clip. So I do recommend listening to the entire show and other shows on the Tao of Comedy. Number two, The Tim Ferriss Show, featuring Tim Ferriss. This episode is from October 11th of this year, and it's number 192, The Return of Drunk Dialing. It begins at one hour, 42 minutes, and 33 seconds. The transition is at one hour, 43 minutes, and the segment ends one hour, 43 minutes, and 26 seconds. The statement, you need to, or at least I need to, and that was by Tim Ferriss. And in this one, I believe he was speaking about uh, relationships and he caught himself. Instead of telling other people, this is what you need to do in a relationship, he recognized he is an individual and his personal opinions can be interpreted by others, but won't be exactly experienced the same. And that's what you implies, is you and I are having the exact same experience, which as we've gone over, (laughs) is highly unlikely. (laughs) So that is number two, The Tim Ferriss Show. Number three, Third Eye Drops with Michael Phillip and Tubden Jordan. This episode was from June 9th of this year, 2016, and it is Mind Meld 15 Kindness Vitamins with Tubden Jordan. It begins at 17.23, the transition is at 17.38, and the segment ends at 17.53. The statement, now especially when you are learning to meditate, at least for me, and that was by Michael Phillip, and he caught himself in a position that many speakers take. In a statement such as, now especially when you are learning to meditate, That's a very specific experience, learning to meditate. Each person is going to learn to meditate in their own unique way. And Michael Phillip caught himself. 
making a generalization and recognized, oh, wait a second, the way I meditate is different than the way other people meditate. That is number three, third eye drops. Number four, the astral hustle with Corey Allen and Hamilton Souther. The episode is from October 30th of this year, and it's number 52, Hamilton Souther. It begins at one hour, 33 minutes, and 26 seconds. The transition, one hour, 31 minutes, and 55 seconds. And it ends one hour, 32, and two seconds. The statement, the thing you are looking a person is looking for by sharing. This was a comment Corey Allen made as he was describing sharing experiences. And I disagree with many of his perspectives. And he used you. When you share and you do this and you do that, then this happens. I No, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> and then I begin to wonder, is he speaking from a personal experience? Is this an I statement? Or as he corrected, a person. So there are two main categories that we're speaking about today in terms of misusing you. You is misused to mean I and also the general population. So the other examples were speakers misusing you in place of I, but this one is you in place of a person, so a general sense. And I do wonder, is he speaking from personal experience? I don't know. That's the complication with misusing you. It leaves me, the listener, to assume who he means by you. Is it Hamilton Souther? Because he's used you to refer to him. He's also used you to refer to himself and the audience. <laughs> so it gets a little messy, but uh, he's on the right path because he caught himself. He was at least mentally aware in that moment of his subconscious selection of words. And that's number four, the astral hustle. Number five, Star Talk Radio with Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye. This episode is from October 27th of this year. These episodes are not numbered, but it is the extended classic, Zombie Apocalypse Part 1. The segment begins at 48 minutes, one second. The transition is at 48 minutes, 37 seconds. And the segment ends 48 minutes and 50 seconds. The statement, because you're in, I'm in the same room. And that was by Bill Nye. And he was describing a room that he entered. And he recognized that it was his individual experience that to say, when you are in this room, you saw this is inaccurate because <laughs> I imagine very few people who are listening to him speak now were in that room. And the misuse of you does not discriminate on who it plagues. <laughs> Even incredibly intelligent people such as Bill Nye are subject to the ambiguity of you. From my perspective, the story Bill Nye was telling became more effective when he switched to the I perspective, when he owned the experience, when he put me in that room through his eyes rather than my own. 
And that's the power of using I. When a person uses I, they're saying, this was my experience. This is what I believe. <laughs> and a side note, this is a great episode. I am a big fan of Star Talk Radio. And I will have to say, Neil deGrasse Tyson rates high in terms of conscious communication. Frequently, he'll ask, what do you mean by they? Or if somebody speaks from a personal perspective, but in a generalized sense, he'll sometimes correct them and say, okay, you believe that, but I don't. He is a humble and confident communicator. If someone is interested in hearing a conscious communicator, tune in to Star Talk Radio. They have some above average speakers. And that is number five, Star Talk Radio. The five list for podcasters catch themselves with you. Number one, The Tao of Comedy. Number two, The Tim Ferriss Show. Number three, Third Eye Drops. Number four, The Astral Hustle. And number five, Star Talk Radio. Next up, five list for cable TV. These are cable TV shows I am currently watching. Most of them. <laughs> Some were current when this list began, but have uh, ended their seasons. Number one, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Number two, Superstore. Number three, Jeopardy. Number four, Major League Baseball. And number five, Mr. Robot. Number one, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. I'm a bit of a sap and enjoy Hallmark seasonal movies. There is something magical about low-budget movies with B-level celebrities. They feel more real than big-budget blockbusters. The small towns seem familiar, and plot lines are, for the most part, believable. This winter, I plan to curl up on the couch with a glass of wine and an open mind ready to transport to a Hallmark destination. Check out Harvest Moon, Aurora Tea Garden, and My Summer Prince. So Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, my mom recommended this channel. Thanks, mom. <laughs> and it offers me a little happy universe. Something beyond action and destruction and car chases and all that. Sometimes I need a break from that. <laughs> and I turn to the Hallmark Channel. And I also feel like my mom is there with me watching the movies because I imagine she's watching similar movies. And we talk about which movies we like. It's like a, a family experience. Now that I have cable, I'm able to enter the pink zone of the writers and actors and costume designers and all the people who put effort into these shows. I'm able to enjoy it. And I'm grateful for that. And on a side note, it was quite funny. My mom and I were watching Hallmark movies and my man companion came in the room and sat down and watched it with us for a little bit. And after about five minutes, he said, does the background music ever stop? <laughs> and my mom and I were a bit puzzled and kind of looked at each other and we're like, yeah, they only do the background music when there's feelings that they want uh, the watcher to empathize with and we we shut them down we were like yeah it's it's intermittent as opposed to constant as he had suggested 
So we watched for a few more minutes and the music kept going. We watched a few more minutes. The music was still going. <laughs> it would change. But even if the person was looking for pancake mix in the cupboard, there was emotional music. <laughs> As fans of the show, my mom and I didn't recognize that. We gave the writers and music producers the benefit of the doubt that they would just use the music when needed. And that was the whole movie. <laughs> and now I'm consciously aware of it. In the past, on a subconscious level, I heard the constant music throughout the show, but I did not consciously interpret that. And it was pretty funny. At some point, my mom and I looked at each other and started laughing and commented that yes, there is music throughout the movies. Kind of neat stuff like that. Uh, explore deeper layers of conscious and subconscious awareness. That's one of the reasons why I enjoy masterminding and going to other people's pink zones because there's benefits I didn't even think I would come across. So that's number one, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Number two, Superstore. Traditionally, I stay away from network TV. Why? Reality shows, glorified crime, and sexy costumes flood the market. Every now and then I peek my head around cable channels to see if there's anything interesting. Superstore on NBC grasped my attention. America Fiera is a lead character on the show and reminds me of my days in retail. <laughs> She's a bit sassy with customers, coworkers, and anyone who crosses her path. America and the rest of the cast fit well together as witty humor is spun like a web. Share some super laughs with Superstore. I was surprised that I enjoy the show as much as I did. I lost faith in network TV. I just thought it was all garbage. And uh, this show proved me wrong. I do tend to be wrong frequently. Additionally, this is a show that challenges current paradigms and addresses social issues in a humorous and witty way. And uh, the characters, oh, we've talked uh, before about uh, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, where the characters are dramatically different from one another, but they fit well together. That's the same thing on Superstore. It's just a misfit crew, but because they're stuck in the superstore together, they need to find ways to coexist. And that's a big part of the show. How can they coexist? <laughs> I do recommend it. That is number two, Superstore. Number three, Jeopardy! A game show that stands the test of time. What is Jeopardy? <laughs> Over the last year, I have become a fan of the game show Jeopardy. With host Alex Trebek, the categories explored range from 1800s literature to pop culture to science and all the stuff in between. Contestants display critical thought within a present moment shared reality as they scramble to answer first. With lightning precision and timing, wisdom is displayed on a human level as smartphones aren't allowed. A recent champ, Seth Wilson, completed a 12-day winning streak. His ability to focus is a true example of conscious communication. 
grab the remote and play along with Jeopardy today. <sighs> okay. Hi, <laughs> uh, Mustachio's laughing over there. He says I tend to like old people shows, and I do. I like old people entertainment. I like stuff that's not over-dramatized. Things are often just fine the way they are. (laughs) And Jeopardy is my afternoon oasis. I often eat lunch and watch Jeopardy. I record the episodes and watch them two or three times. So I'll cycle through the first time and watch them and then go back to the beginning and watch them again. And I like to test myself and see which answers I remember, what patterns I notice in the questions. Sometimes the questions will have many layers where there will be a date, perhaps a geographical region, and some other clue into what the question is related to the answer. Yeah, it's so weird. It's backwards. It's not finding the answer to a question. It's finding the question to an answer. I kind of like that. (laughs) But I've noticed with Jeopardy, it's a critical thinking exercise in a fun way. So I would consider this mentortainment. So I'm able to relax in the middle of the day, eat some food, and be while I improve my trivia. And in the past, I held the stigma that Jeopardy was too hard and I wasn't smart enough. And I don't know about geography or history, so I don't know any of the answers. And there's a lot of everyday type of answers. It's pretty neat. I do encourage those who have never watched Jeopardy to give it a shot. Watch a a couple episodes and become consciously aware of the setup of the show, the demeanor of the contestants. There's many layers going on. That is number three, Jeopardy. Number four, Major League Baseball. Batter up. (laughs) This year, my main companion purchased the MLB channel and voiced a desire to watch more baseball than last year. Mission accomplished. Many of our dinners come with a side of the Chicago Cubs. Resistant at first, I can only bear a few innings before a channel change was requested. Months later, I have favorite players and analyze gameplay as I aim to learn rules and fundamentals of the game. At first, I watched baseball to enter the pink zone of a loved one. Over time, I have discovered a pink zone of my own as I joyfully watch the Cubs and Indians in the World Series. My five favorite Cubbies are... Fowler, Ross, Addison, Hendricks, and Rizzo. And for Addison, his last name is Russell, but for some, when I first started watching, I heard Addison, so that was locked in, and it's a cool name. <laughs> but the other ones are the last names of the players, and the reason why they're my favorite is because they're the most interesting to analyze, to watch their interactions with other players which swings they hit at, how they work together offensively and defensively. And these folks do seem to be having a blast. I, I don't know if every baseball team is like the Cubs, but these guys seem like they love life. And for me, watching athletic competition is much more enjoyable when the people are having fun. 
and playing with certain morals and ethics. And I noticed that a lot. And (laughs) this was first written down when the Cubs and the Indians entered the World Series, but the Cubs won the World Series. So, uh, oh, (laughs) many people said it wouldn't happen, and it did. Another reminder of infinite possibilities. And ironically, last season, we had talked about the movie Major League and how Mustachio and I related to the Cleveland Indians in the movie Major League as they were told they're just a bunch of losers, they're not going to amount to anything, and with their own owner of the team pitting against them. So all cars were stacked against them. And that was that's in the movie world, but in... A present moment reality, the World Series featured two teams that were told they would never do it, and it's been years since it's been done. I feel fortunate to have begun enjoying baseball during such an exciting season. <laughs> and also, I another benefit to baseball that I didn't recognize before is I like how it's a calm sport. It's more like chess than football. There is a lot of logic and strategy in the game. And at nighttime, that's the kind of stuff I want to watch. I don't want to watch loud noises and explosions and gunshots and crazy drama. And I don't want to process that before I go to bed. Watching baseball has been a happy medium for the man of the house, and myself. (laughs) And I believe that's a foundation of healthy relationships is finding a way to compromise. And oftentimes, compromises come from entering another person's pink zone. So check out Major League Baseball. At least for me, it's way more exciting and strategic than I thought this time last year. The gifts of an open mind. Number five... Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot was recommended to me last year through casual conversation. A friend said the main character, Elliot, reminded him of me. He explained Elliot as a crazy, misunderstood genius. Intrigued, I binge-watched the few episodes of season one which were available at the time. That's it? I wanted more! as I indeed did identify with the Mr. Robot concept. Additionally, Dave from the podcast review show took this comparison a step further and likened 3H2 humans to this tantalizing show. He commented that once he thought he understood something, it changed. For those who desire perspectives beyond the norm, Mr. Robot will feel like home. (laughs) And that's a good way to put it. Mr. Robot, the show on USA does feel like home. I have a lot of respect for those who have a hand in creating the show. The writing is meticulous and calculated, along with the set design and other aspects of the show. And as Dave pointed out (laughs) on the podcast review show about 3H2Humans, that it is confusing. Once something is understood, it's like, oh, cool, I get that. It's kind of like climbing up a hill to see another hill. (laughs) For me, I like that. I don't want to be done climbing. I don't want to climb up a hill 
and look out and see a plateau and feel like that's it. I want to climb and keep climbing and keep climbing and just continue. And that's the direction Mr. Robot and 3H2Humans are going. At times, they're ambiguous and misunderstood, but down the road, there's some sort of reveal. In hindsight, things begin to make sense. For me, I like to watch the episodes of Mr. Robot a few times. Each time I watch it, I recognize something new that I missed before. Take that same approach to 3H2Humans. There's a lot of content. It's crazy. <laughs> Listen to an episode a couple times in order to fully grasp the thought seeds. Also, I like how Mr. Robot portrays Elliot's struggle with himself. His struggle to utilize his skills and be a productive member of society. And that definition changes. What is a productive member of society? Is it taking down the government and rebuilding anew or working with the government? What options are best to be explored? Mr. Robot explores them. I also like how it provides a picture of where American culture is currently going, where if money is electronically based, then it can just be moved and wiped out and it's no longer what it used to be. Money used to be a piece of paper that vouched for a chunk of gold. That's not the case. <laughs> the government prints more money than there is gold to back it. And this is scary. Some shit's gonna go down. And Mr. Robot explores some of those potentialities. All right, that is the five list. Cable TV, number one, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Number two, Superstore. <laughs> number three, Jeopardy. Number four, Major League Baseball. And number five, Mr. Robot. Next up are the announcements. The 3H2 Humans Pliny Party, December 10th, 2016 at Auntie's Bookstore. This year will mark the first annual 3H2 Humans Pliny Party at Auntie's Bookstore. The party will include food and drinks, as well as information on 3H2 and other local businesses. Towards the end of the night, a raffle will determine the winner of Pliny the Elder Pliny's from Russian River Brewery, local items, 3H2 favorites, and much more. If interested in attending the party or donating local items, contact us today. Capacity is limited to the first 50 respondents. Best of luck to all. And as a planning party, as an introvert, this is a challenge for me. I can admit that. It's about a month away and it's a big step for 3H2 humans to practice what we preach, to integrate into the community, to have more of a public presence, and to promote other businesses in the area which we visit ourselves. So that is December 10th, 2016, downtown Spokane. Send an email if interested, and we will see you there. Next up, apply for a 90-day internship with 3H2Humans. We seek motivated, gritty people who have acquired new skills and desire to test them out through application and masterminding. Upon completion, 
receive experience and a reference to assist with future employment. All fields of study are welcome to apply. There is potential for a paid position once the internships are complete. This is a way for us to ease our way into employment and integrating new skills. We're in a position now where we're a bit flexible and we want to help people like us, other 3H2 humans who maybe don't have a degree, maybe a skill is self-taught, so it's difficult to get a mainstream job. There are many things which hold people back from pursuing a passion or a skill that is a bit outside the norm. That's what this internship is about. Maybe it's something that I don't even know exists. That's why I think to limit the internships and what types of fields of study we're accepting, I think it's foolish to do that because then that's being closed-minded. It's saying, I only want this and not everything else. We are about infinite possibilities, especially infinite possibilities in the area of technology. That is my weakness. Consciousness and the energy world is my strength and the material world and cutting edge technology is a challenge for me because it's not a priority. I don't do social media and I'm not into it. It uh, doesn't tickle me the right way, but it does tickle other people the right way. So we would like to team up with people who have strengths where we have weaknesses. That's what a strong team is. People promoting strengths and improving weaknesses. 3H2 Humans was on the podcast review show. Check out 3H2 on the podcast review show with Dave and Eric. Some of their advice was ingestible within Pink Zone communication. Other points were lost to Yellow Zone ambiguity. Listen to the show and gain a third-party perspective towards Season 2, Episode 3 of the 3H2 Humans radio show. The YouTube video is especially entertaining. In Futureland, Mustachio and I plan to produce a show with a 10 list of rebuttal points to perspectives broadcast on the podcast review show. We hope to mastermind and include thought seeds from our listeners. Listen to the show or watch it on YouTube and send an email with points to address to 3H2Spokane at gmail.com. What has merit and needs attention? What is left field and difficult to ingest? All thoughts are welcome. After <laughs> all the nonsense experienced with the 3 by 3 reviews, interacting with other podcasters and asking for their feedback, I felt like I didn't have the right shoes to go to the party. <laughs> for whatever reason, the majority of podcasters didn't want to interact with me and that's okay. Each human has the right to conduct themselves in whichever way they deem necessary. So I got a bit frustrated and searched for podcast reviews. Like, okay, if the listeners aren't leaving reviews <laughs> and if other podcasters aren't leaving reviews, who are? Where, how can I get reviewed? And I stumbled across the podcast review show. And that day I signed up for their service. I think it's a neat service. It's similar to what we do on this show, where we review a podcast or a podcast episode and offer feedback. 
So check that out. On the subject of reviews, leave a 3x3 review. We appreciate the efforts of those who have left reviews. Help us grow. Publicly offer one's own unique perspective with three positive points and three suggestions for improvement. Be diligent with action and share thought seeds. Leave 3H2Humans a review in iTunes with three areas doing well and three areas for improvement. This has been a difficult request to fulfill and some people have commented that I'm not a valid podcaster because I only have three reviews. I disagree with that. I don't think the amount of reviews a person has either contributes to or takes away validity. It simply demonstrates how many people are willing to express an opinion about that show. That's what that says. And uh, (laughs) yeah, the last person to leave me a review is my mom. And I recognize that's a bit of a tough act to follow someone's mom. (laughs) Moms are great. They have magical powers. And uh, yeah, so this is a special quest for being the one to follow my mom. (laughs) When we get closer to the date of the Pliny party, we will likely offer tickets to the party to people who have left 3x3 reviews and live in the Spokane area. So it's not necessary to leave a review, but it will help us to recognize the diligent people, the people who are 3H2Humans, who believe the review system is broken and we as the silent majority need to step up. Because right now it's all the dingbats who are leaving reviews and out there on the internet. Us silent introverted folks need to step up. Because if we don't act, then we're just as bad as the people who say five stars, great job. I would argue that being a silent introvert is worse than a outspoken illogical mindset. Because at least that person is operating at a low level of consciousness. They don't even recognize they're being a dingbat. But the rest of us who traditionally don't leave reviews and don't engage publicly on the internet recognize that there is a place for intelligence and thoughtful comments on the internet. Let's change that. Let's uh, practice what we preach and put our best foots forward. Next up, censored by Star Talk Radio, iTunes, and the Game Changer podcast. 3H2Humans plan to buy ad space on Star Talk Radio in order to promote the podcast and the Cognitive Tarot game. The price and time slot were negotiated and agreed on through mineral advertising. A rep from Star Talk commented that the word tarot would not be received well by the audience and stated the word tarot would need to be removed. Really? Star Talk Radio censors their advertisers? This really shook me. <laughs> uh, the advertising spot on Star Talk is expensive. And we were willing to put some of the donation money we received towards an ad on Star Talk. That would be like the Super Bowl for 3H2 humans. 
The Cubs and the Indians made it to the Super Bowl, so why not 3H2 humans? And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Apparently the universe had other plans for me because the rep from StarTalk said that I needed to change the product and not say tarot. And I asked a couple times and did not get an intelligent answer. She was pretty much saying that some of the audience has a stigma against tarot, thus no one will benefit from it. And I don't believe that. And she didn't consider the 3H2 audience. There's crossover between both, but it's their podcast. I recognize and appreciate freedom of speech and I'm not angry. I'm disappointed that StarTalk appears to be closed-minded with their advertising. It kind of, I'm still processing it because it's new. And now I can use that money for something else. I wanted to donate to what StarTalk does because I think it is one of the most influential and beneficial podcasts out there. And Neil deGrasse Tyson works hard and I wanted to contribute to that system in a big way. But it didn't work out. (laughs) But uh, so on a positive note with this, I spoke with a mentor and... The mentor at first said, just go ahead and do it. Change the name, take out tarot, and advertise with StarTalk. And I thought about it. The reason why I wanted to advertise in the first place was because I was censored. Because people told me, no, it's not. I wanted to say, tell me more. (laughs) When I was at that crossroads, I didn't want to do it. They didn't give Star Talk, didn't give me a logical reason. To me, I interpreted it as being closed minded. And if I were to cave to someone's closed minded request, then I'm not a 3H2 human. And I'm just another lemming slashing my, my morals and ethics in order to make a buck or to get some exposure. I would be compromising my principles if I went forward with the advertising. And tying this back to speaking to a mentor about the situation, the conclusion of our mastermind was over a couple days. A lot of thought had been put into this. It was that I would be wise to change the name of the cognitive tarot because the climate's not ready for it. And I'm willing to change it after weighing pros and cons with a mentor, but I'm not willing to change it if someone requests me to do something without a valid explanation. So we have decided to change the name and we have decided to not advertise with StarTalk at this time. I'm open to potentially exploring these avenues in the future, but right now I'm disappointed. And I wonder what Neil deGrasse Tyson would think of the word tarot and if he knows that he lost an advertising slot because of the word tarot. (laughs) Strange, strange world. It's a crazy universe. (laughs) Okay, so that was Star Talk Radio. That was one of the censorships. Then the iTunes review left for the Game Changer podcast was deleted. iTunes did not notify me of why they deleted the review. 
I asked Michelle Dutro if she knew any details as to why the review was deleted. Her response, I don't work for iTunes. Really Dutro? An iTunes review was deleted from her show and this is the most intelligent and thoughtful answer she is capable of? So yeah, that, uh, again, the point I'd like to stress is these are Yellow Zone Communicators, the rep for Star Talk gave me an ambiguous answer and Michelle Dutro gave me a deflective answer. <laughs> she would have to be pretty dumb to think that I was asking her about the review because I thought she worked for iTunes. And that was a pattern I recognized with Michelle Dutro is that she would dumb stuff down to a five-year-old level. It's something that a five-year-old would comment if they were put in a similar situation. And what's ironic about this is one of the backstories that Michelle Dutro constantly talks about is how she was five years old and in a swimming class and she bossed the other kids around, told them what to do, but then wouldn't go in the pool herself. <laughs> and this is her mindset today. She'll stand along the edges and bark orders at people, but she won't practice what she preaches or put her best foot forward. She doesn't get in the pool. And to me, that is a questionable form of leadership. And that's another reason why backstories are less than ideal. Michelle Dutro's backstory is stuck on a five-year-old mindset. That's her biggest memory of her life. And likely it's not even accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and now, as like a nearly 50-year-old woman, she acts like a five-year-old. It's uh, ironic. So learn from Michelle Dutro and relay stories in the last 30 days. Allow for an adult mindset rather than a childish one. To add a cherry on top of the review being deleted... Michelle Dutro also deleted an interview we conducted over Skype. When she invited me to be on her show, she pointed out the many benefits an interview between us would create. I agreed, as Michelle and I do not agree. The interview would be authentic, present moment, and help others to reach a shared understanding with those different from themselves. A few weeks after the interview, I requested the audio file from Michelle. At that time, she commented that she deleted it. She deleted it? What the fuck? Michelle Dutro preaches and tweets a life of compassion and masterminding with others. Where in the fuck are these qualities when I interact with her? When communicating with me, she displays the mindset of a delusional dictator who deletes anything which does not fit within her snow globe reality. I'm not one of her Facebook friends. I am not easily deleted. In contrast to Michelle, I do practice what I preach. I'm willing to invite her on the 3H2Humans radio show. Regardless of who is right or wrong between us, the audience will benefit from listening to two people who disagree in a mature adult fashion. I lack respect for Michelle today, but am willing to put effort towards a shared understanding tomorrow. So Michelle, do you want to practice what you preach and accept an invitation to face your fears and confront me like an adult? Let's each ask each other five questions and hold each other to a pink zone tangible answer. 
Are you ready to be a game changer, Michelle? <sighs> Gosh, I... <sighs> okay. <laughs> the positive side of interacting with her is that she follows many patterns of the yellow zone and the things I talk about. She uses pish posh words. She misuses the word you. She spends an abundant amount of time on social media. She doesn't have any products. There's no way that she has monetized her business in a public way. Instead of an online store or information about her alleged coaching business, she has kind words and it's a whole page of why she's awesome. It's a, <laughs> she is a perfect example of a narcissist. And what was funny, when I was interacting with her, it took about five emails for her to say she deleted the audio. And I wondered, okay, she has that five-year-old deflecting tactics. Like she, she didn't even address any of the questions asked. Oh, it's great. And, and we may go over that in the future. I'm giving Michelle Dutro an option to either confront me like an adult and we can resolve this and I will forgive her for deleting the review, which I understand she personally didn't delete, but she hasn't even commented on it. It's crazy. And then deleting the audio. And that was my first interview. She didn't know that. She didn't know how much that interview meant to me and how I was curious how it went. She didn't care about that. What she wants to do is protect her snow globe reality. If something threatens her fictitious delusional reality, she just deletes it. <laughs> and that works in social media and for an email, but not in real life. People just aren't deleted. It's crazy. <laughs> <sighs> wow, I am a bit frazzled because it takes every fiber of my being to act towards resolution rather than revenge. And I want to work towards resolution. I want to see the positive side of Michelle and I want her to stand up for what she believes in. And in the first interview, she didn't do that. I'd ask her a question and she'd deflect and I'd ask it again. And she would go on about a story. She is not a conscious communicator. And I think once she heard the recording, she thought, oh shit, I sound like a five-year-old who's spoiled. And, and then she deleted it. <laughs> Although, Mustachio and I talked about it. We don't think it's been deleted off the face of the earth. True, she may have deleted it from a certain device, but we do believe there is a copy of it somewhere out there. And if there is a friend of Michelle Dutro who has it, I would appreciate a copy. Or if Michelle wants to put her best foot forward and send me a copy of the audio file and practice what she preaches. She preaches masterminding and compassion and helping others. Well, how? <laughs> All she does is tell stories. <laughs> Okay, so enough about that for now. On this topic, I'm gonna go ahead and hold back on the analysis of her communication and give her a chance to work towards resolution. If she doesn't wanna work towards resolution, then I will analyze the communication as a means of resolution and point out how her behavior essentially proves the theories of 3H2 humans correct. So. 
this saga is not over. <laughs> this is part one. Okay, so we'll hold off on the email. There is one point in her email that I do want to say. Um, okay, one of her little blurbs in the email. I had asked for her feedback on my review. So that's the context. And she had said, I am no expert podcaster, so I wouldn't think of offering you advice. I am also a believer in the power of coaching and mentorship and that you should, so pish posh words, you should, only take advice from someone who is at least 10 years ahead of you and highly successful in the field of your pursuit. So according to her, someone has to have 10 years experience in something before they're even listened to. I, I think that's garbage. And most of her statements I disagree with. But there's learning in disagreements. And that's my objective. I want the audience, myself and Michelle, to learn from each other and turn this shit show into something useful. That's my hope. All right. Wowza. We do have the local artist is Cassie at Mosaic's Salon and Spa here in Spokane. I recently went to Mosaic looking for a new cosmetologist to help me out with my hair. And Cassie speaks in the pink zone. She makes eye contact with me and understands what I'm saying because she cares. I get a sense that she genuinely loves what she does and wants to offer the customer the best experience possible. To me, that's great customer service. And mix that in with fresh and fun styling. Oh, I was lucky to stumble upon Cassie. And now my hair is different. It's short and it's dyed all black and I have bangs and I just feel refreshed and rejuvenated. And this is something that happens consistently in my life. I change up my hair. When the stylist I work with shares my vision, I feel oh, amazing. When the stylist does not share my vision, it's frustrating. Cassie is able to use critical thought. So ingest, reflect, and modify. She ingested what I wanted. She reflected with her personal knowledge and skills, because I'm a lay person. I don't understand the fundamentals of hair color, because one of the objectives was to get rid of the funky colors in my hair. And I've just put color on top of it, and it has been a disaster. So she needed to reflect on her own and then modify that. So the modified stage is a combination of what I want and what she feels is professionally capable. And it turned out great. <laughs> and she is um, a fantastic artist and enjoyable to be around. I have had complications finding cosmetologists. And uh, yeah, so anyone out there looking for a fresh new do or a new artistic expression of the hair, Check out Cassie at Mosaic Salon. All right, that wraps it up for today. Mustachio and I would like to wish everyone health, happiness, and a humble perspective. Diligence today equals a thriving community tomorrow. Enjoy.